Welcome to the Minding My Creative Business podcast, the number one podcast for creativepreneurs to learn strategy, structure, and self-development all in one place. I'm your host, Ron Ironically Jr. And I am your host, Shy Speaks. And today we are delving into the topic that's applicable to every single creativepreneur, and that is protect yourself. No, seriously, we're calling it protect my creative. And we're going to be talking about that from a 360 view internally and externally. Right. So we always think about protecting ourselves from other people, but Ryan, I thought it might be smart to start with protecting ourselves from the inside, like internal protection. So let's get into it. You yeah. want to stick around for this. Definitely. Definitely. And listen, and this, honestly, this episode came about from a situation that me and Shy had with um, a potential guest, right? Um, so we have, you know, systems and processes in place in order for, you know, you to be a guest or a part of the show. Um, and as a result of that, you know, they have systems and processes as well. So b- both of us having systems and processes in place, having things in place. Um, we we weren't able to get it going, but we 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 was like, listen, we don't want to start compromising, and we don't want to start whatever. We want to stand firm in what we have in place because this, like she said, this protects us, and it also protects the guests. So that's kind of how we came to this from firsthand. So this is not something that we just kind of bringing up and drawing up. Like, no, we actually experienced this. So yeah, yeah for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's interesting that you said that because. A lot of times people think that they're trying to protect themselves and they forget the fact that, well, your system may be running up against their system and how they doing things. And it's just kind of, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, we're going to get into that even as well, talking about systems and processes a little bit later and protecting yourself from like kind of the external piece. But let's let's hop into the let's hop into the internal. Let's 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 talk about that first, because again. This this podcast is yeah about strategy and structure for great entrepreneurs, but it's also about self development as well, and just the stuff y'all need to know about right here. Right. So when we talk about internally, right, we're talking about internally as far as from your your internal your business, right. So when you when you're going and you're setting up yourself to be a creative entrepreneur, when you want to do the business stuff, right, we're talking about like entity formation insurance right uh backup of content things like that we're going to talk about like the importance of having and protecting your ip right so i'm for y'all who don't know ip it stands for intellectual property so we're talking about trademarks if you need that copyrights right patents things like that so you want to make sure that those things are in place to protect what it is that you're doing because i would hate for you to create something you spent time and energy to create a phenomenal product or whatever it may be. You may have came up with a new way of doing something, an innovative way of doing something, but you don't protect it. So then somebody else comes along who does not have the level of integrity that you have and takes it and claims it for themselves. And now you miss out because you didn't do your due diligence. And we see it all the time, right? So these are some of the things that we're talking about internally. So go ahead. And I want to add to that with... When we talk about some of those things, you mentioned a series of them. So let's, I want to break it into categories. So some of those things are things you have to do one time. So when we're talking about protect my creative internally, this is not something like I'm always on the defense and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, but just take time to get things set up one time. Mm -hmm. Things that you can get set up one time is really the foundation of the business. So before we talk about all the other areas that you can protect yourself, we wanted to start right here because how is your entity formed? Do you have an LLC, right? So that's the first order of business because you can protect your personal assets from your business assets by creating that entity in between that LLC, right? So that's the first, that's the first level of protection right there. I just want to make sure we're clear. These one time, right. But look, and even that. So if you let's 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 draw for y'all what a, what an asset is, because I don't want to assume that everybody know, right? We know that that's basic for some people, but once again, you're a creative, right? You're just trying to create, so you may not understand what assets that you may have. You're like, I ain't got no assets, but no, listen, you if you, if you have if you own a home, your home is, a, is is an asset, and if you do not have you if you don't separate yourself right from your business, 
Somebody can sue you for some business work that you did, and now they have access to your personal assets. So you want to be able to separate your personal assets. And like like Shai was just saying, you want to go ahead and set up, whether it's an LLC, uh, S-Corp, you got C-Corp. So you want to do your due diligence to find out what is the proper structure right, for you to be able to set up to where you can create some level of, once again, protection. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about. You want to set up that protection, right? Because I would hate for, once again, you to do something, somebody to sue you, and now they're coming for your personal assets, right? right. Now they, they have access to your personal bank account. You got money in your personal bank account that you're doing your thing with, but they got access to that because you operating at a sole, as a sole proprietor, right? And you don't have any protection. Yeah. Yeah. You operate as a sole proprietor. That's the main thing. Sole proprietor. Um, I don't have a separate business account. I don't mm -hmm. have a separate entity that this work is being done under. So uh, with this particular separate entity, uh, Walmart, for example, Sam Walton owns Walmart, but Sam Walton and all his personal endeavors is not the same as Walmart. So if somebody slips and falls at Walmart, right? You know what I mean? Somebody slips and falls and then like, they get in this big thing and he has to pay stuff out of there that's separate from over here so is it that's important and then that kind of lends itself into thinking about insurance right so some of you are creative entrepreneurs who do have storefronts some of you are online businesses but either way insurance is uh another way of making sure that you are protecting yourself right so yeah, yeah. listen that we go we try we to make sure you cover all the bases yeah. people don't think that they need to have insurance and i myself started my creative um journey as an artist as a musician and i went to go perform a specific special type of performance at a college and they were like okay got the contract paying the invoice where's your insurance and i was like Give me a second. You know, right. <laughs> so I had to go get insurance. You know what I mean? Because of yeah. what I was going to be doing and what the scope of that project entailed, they want to make sure I had at least general liability insurance yeah. for my business. So if something happens, they don't even they don't even desire to come for your business. They right. just want to be able to file it on insurance. So let's yeah. be clear: not people are not just trying to come for your business; they just want to recoup the expenses of whatever happened during this business transaction. And if you have insurance, now you not not only are you protecting yourself, now you're protecting your business. Definitely. No, listen, and, and having insurance, it once again it protects you if something happens, but it also looks good in the eyes of other people that creates opportunities. Like Shai just said. She could have missed out on an opportunity to perform or whatever the case may be because she didn't have it. The same thing with me. I had an opportunity where I was able to get some additional funding, but I, I didn't I wouldn't have got that opportunity with the funding if I didn't have that assurance. So it was like the same thing. Where's your where's your where's your insurance at? And it was like, OK, let me let me send you this general liability. Right. And once again, and I and I and we get it. Sometimes people look at that as another expense um, or. Yeah another expense, which it, it is an expense, but it's one of them things to where people say you don't need it until you need it. And you never want to be in a position where you don't have it because that's a different conversation. So it's like, once again, just be mindful. Like, yes, make sure, especially look at what industry you in. But even if you're in an industry where it's like, well, I really don't need insurance. Yes, you do. If you are, if you're a creative preneur, you need insurance, make sure you get insurance. Right. And I, and I put this under the one-time setup category because yeah. there are some items that are ongoing uh, assets that you have to protect and things that Ron mentioned. And we're going to talk about those. But when I say one-time setup is usually called insurance, get the insurance, you pay it for six months or pay it for a year. You pay it on a month to month basis. But again, you just set that up one time. Now, I do want to clarify that there are certain industries where having ongoing insurance in that way may not be the right thing. So this is not, we're not attorneys. This is not legal advice or any of that. But I will say, for example, I present a festival, right? So presenting a festival is a creative preneur type of business. And I don't have to have insurance all year round for a festival that I present once a year. I have to have insurance during the season that I'm presenting that festival, whether that's that weekend, that month, leading up into it that day. So there are some times where you can get one day insurance or one month insurance. So maybe you're a creative preneur, you're doing some kind of amazing interior design. They say, hey, where's your insurance? And you're like, man, I don't want to miss out on this $13,000, $20,000 contract. And I don't need to have, you may not need ongoing insurance. You may be right. able to call, get special insurance for that particular thing. Right. Get it set up one time for 30 days straight. You're, you're, you're insured to go in and 
deal with whatever you're doing inside of that place. You know what I'm saying? So it's there there are special use cases, which kind of creates like this ongoing situation. So I want to move on into like the ongoing pieces. So, Ron, you mentioned some of the other stuff. So go go back and reiterate things that they would have to do to protect themselves on an ongoing basis. So if, so even that, I'm, I'm, I know you like you told me to move on, but okay. even so, the, but the one time setup. So we say it's a one time where it sets up, but some of those things you have to renew it on an annual basis, right? So you don't necessarily gotta go through the whole steps again, like you said, set up your LLC depending on what state that you're in. It's so you have to renew it's a cost, and you gotta make sure that your stuff is in good standing, right? Because okay. I've I've seen that as well, to where somebody they set it up initially, right? And it's been three, four, five years later. They thinking that they stuff is a good setting. Well, I got my here my articles of incorporation. I got my stuff, but you you didn't renew it. Like you yeah. ain't renewed it. You you never renewed it. So making sure that you're you're mindful of okay, I need to renew my my LLC or you know my S corp whatever. I need to renew that annually. This is the cost that it is for that. Some states cost charge more than others. So find out in your state. Like you said, the insurance, let me review my insurance. Do I need to renew this? Is this something that I need on an ongoing basis and all that? So, okay, cool. Now. Yeah. And I think it's not, let me, for as people, they're not renewing their LLC, right? right. There, there's a tax or something that you need to be paying every year. And right. if taxes are unpaid, then it's kind of like, well, we don't know. It's like, like a car registration. So it's not like you got to go buy the car all again. Right. Exactly. Just a registration for it. So it's, that's it. You know, so. So right. just to be clear, but yeah, moving right along to the perfect home analogy. Home. Perfect analogy. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. So then, once again, you have like your um, your ongoing things, right? So when we talk about things like uh, intellectual property, so those are things. So like if if you are, uh, you know, a writer, or if you are um, just anything that you're, once again, you, we creative, so we're we're creating things on a regular basis. So it's things that where we want to collect our, our our protect our IP, our intellectual property. Um, so there's things like your uh trademark right there's things like your copyright there's things like patents so and once again uh consult somebody that's going to can give you legal advice to kind of let you know those things but normally with uh with, with a copyright so size she's a, she's an artist I'm, I'm a producer if we were to do a song right we want to make sure that that song is copyrighted and protected we want to make sure the lyrics that are written is protected we want to make sure that the music from the production um is protected in the song itself so that's something that you would get copywritten. You wouldn't necessarily trademark a song. You would copyright a song, right? Trademarks normally goes for like logos or your brand name and things like that. That's something that you would trademark. Um, a patent is if you 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 have an invention where okay, I invented this new microphone that can I don't know whatever I don't I, I, I right. I'm just perfect, what you know. I got a perfect example because people. A lot of times creative preneurs be like, man, this stuff ain't applicable to me. One of my friends, he's a woodworker. He actually creates uh, whatever people say, hey, can you come in here and design this, this bunk bed? Or I want to create the a vanity light, right? Mm -hmm. I want a, a custom built vanity, but the lights in it. And then I want to put the this, this, that in it. And the, you can get so creative with the woodwork. Next thing you know, you've created an entirely new product that may be worth going to patent. So that's just an example of just how putting your hands to something can get creative into the world. You just, hey, I just invented something. This is a whole new thing that never even existed. Let me go right. patent this idea because I don't desire to be the one to uh, uh, manually keep making them. I want to send them into production. Other people may want to get these things made. So that's a good example of a patent. And you're constantly coming up with new ideas, you're designing new things, you're coming up with new microphones, coming up with new widgets, coming up with new filters. Those, every time you're coming up with those new things, you want to try to patent those ideas. If it's a patentable thing, not everything is patentable. So don't you try to act like you out here just genius in it out. No, I'm kidding. And then with the copyright piece, the reason why we put that under ongoing is because he said, if we make a song, right? But then it's like, okay, I did the copyright for that song. Well, if we make another song, that deserves its own new set of copyrights. And then if we make another song and then I go make a song with somebody else. So doing copyright one time, you're not set up. For, you have to do this on a regular basis. And so you just want to make sure people know that you got to do certain certain things on an ongoing basis because it protects what you have going on. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. So that's what we're talking about in regards to, like, say, this that that ongoing thing now. When it comes to doing these things, we encourage you to get an attorney, right? Because it's one thing for 
a lot of times as 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 creative preneurs, we think that we got to do everything ourselves, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm the creative, but then I also I got to do all these steps and all these things, and sometimes we don't do them because it's overwhelming, right? It might be meticulous or tedious or whatever the case may be. I don't really know what to do, so I'm just not going to do nothing. A lot of times I've had people have conversations where I'm, 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 I'm going to do the poor man's copyright when it's not as expensive as you think it is. And it can cost you more not doing it the proper way. And we don't ever want to do that. So sometimes we want to just take a step back and, and count the cost and see, OK, cool for me to actually do this, for me to have somebody to to do this for me that know what they're doing. Right. Is it an investment? Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or, or what, what's my return on investment? Because that's how, that's how we always got to think, too, is like, yes, it's going to cost you a couple of dollars, but I'd rather it cost you a couple of dollars on the front end than it cost you a lot of dollars on the back end. So you definitely want to get you an attorney, right? A CPA can, not, not all CPAs, but some CPAs can help you with the entity structure that we were talking about earlier. They can help set that up for you, uh, but definitely find you an attorney attorneys they're versed in in law and things like that so be able to protect you and your assets and things like that i want to add some context to what we mean when we say have an attorney to protect your creative right so we're not saying like you go find johnny cochran and you put him on a retainer for ten thousand dollars a month and that way in case anything ever happened you know i don't even you know john, I, I can't spot johnny cochran if i seen him i remember growing up he was the lawyer that people would always talk about you know so I'm being silly when I say that. When you go find some random lawyer who you feel like is just this hotshot lawyer, they're very expensive and you have to keep them on a retainer forever and ever and you're not even utilizing them. Right. What we're saying to protect your creative internally is just at least have an attorney, someone that knows your industry who you can consult. Right. So should things happen, I can go to this person quickly. I have a relationship with them and I can consult them about this matter. I'll give a perfect example back to me being uh, an an artist. Right. And then there's also me as a creative festival presenter. Right. Two totally different industries. And so I actually may want the attorney that that knows about this industry may not know about that industry. So right. I have to find somebody to consult about these things. Now, when it comes to music. I have somebody who I have a great relationship with and should things happen, she we have a certain rate that I get to have a, that she consults me on versus if I didn't have that relationship, I'd just be hit. You know what I mean? I, so that's the type of thing I want to talk about. So for me, if I wound up running into a deal with a TV situation or a movie or a new label is trying to sign me, some big opportunity that involves this, this massive entertainment contract, she can look over it. She and I can talk about it. She can explain it to me. There is a rate for that. I don't necessarily have to retain her all year for that. So just we just want to encourage you to find somebody that you can consult. At least scan the scan the perimeter, scan your industry and say, hey, you be somebody great. Let's sit down and talk about that. What do you charge to go over this? What is that? That's how you protect yourself. Yeah. No, nah, that's it. That's it right there. Do do your due diligence. Do your due diligence because they don't all the lawyers don't do the same. We, we see lawyer, we see attorney, we think it's a one size fit all. No, you got some that are versed in other things. So no, that's good advice. I like that. I like that. Um, so no, so that kind of and that even talks about so we talked about just kind of being prepared. We mentioned before being prepared um for opportunities that may come up so that you don't miss out on opportunities. Um, I remember there was a situation where there was a young lady who reached out to me. Um, you know, she called me Uncle Ron. She's like, uh, Uncle Ron, you know, I got I, this. Is, I had a situation with my artist. They they posted this song um, and it was just a song that they created. They didn't they didn't copyright it. They didn't register it with a PRO. Like they didn't do all of the things that you do when you, you know, release a song. It was something that they just put on a SoundCloud. Well, a huge corporation heard the song and wanted to put the song in one of their commercials. So because they did not take care of everything on the front end right mm -hmm. opposed to so this is how the call should have went hey we heard your song we want to put your song in a commercial blah 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 um this, the conversation that went great um you know send over the paperwork let's 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 make it happen that wasn't the conversation they were they were like okay cool hold on right and now they're trying to scramble and see okay what do we need to do we didn't do this we didn't do that like all these things that 
um, it ended up working out. But yeah, I don't know if y'all know the industry moves fast, and they not they not they not that patient all the time, right? right. So this situation, they could have missed out on a great opportunity because they didn't because they didn't have everything in place. The song wasn't copyright. You know what I'm saying? Like all these things that we're talking about that we're encouraging you to do is to protect your stuff, right? And it's a good thing that nobody that the that the, the company didn't just take it and steal it because the company could have caught wind of, oh, they ain't got this. Let's take it. Boom. Oh, we 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 at least take it. We give it to another artist. Let had them copyright, had them perform it, copyright it. You know what I'm saying? All these things. And listen, and they got big pockets. They so they they could have if you would have sued some, you know what I'm saying? They were like, we will take no our grounds. right. Is that no grounds. no grounds? So <laughs> that's why it's like, yo, it's it's listen to us. Do do your due diligence and protect everything that you have. Like you're spending time and energy to build and create this creative preneur empire that you're doing, right? Even if it's not, let's say it may not be as as huge as you know, Interscope or whatever the case may be, but whatever you're doing, it's still you putting time and energy in it and you just don't want it to just dwindle away or it, it crumbles because somebody else takes advantage of you because you did not take the time to let me do this the proper way. Let me set this up. Let me set this up this way. Let me make sure this is copywritten. Let me make sure this is trademarked and all that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just said something that I really want to lean in on. You talked about time and energy, right? You putting your time into it, you putting your energy into it. And we need to talk about protecting that too, because that's internal. Again, we're going to talk about protecting yourself from other people who may be able to take advantage of you or how not to get taken advantage of. We got a couple of things that we want to listen, real actionable steps that you can take away with today and start implementing as far as protecting your creative externally. But we want to lean in just for a few more minutes right there around with time and energy. Isn't that something you would say that people should be uh, protecting as, as well when it comes to their creative? Oh, no, definitely. Listen, time Management is key. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give y'all this quote. I need y'all to let this sizzle in your spirit, okay? It says, time is not refundable. Use it with intention. So, in essence, you don't. we don't get our time back. When that time is gone, it's gone. So, we want to make sure that the things that we're spending our time on, that we're protecting that. Because if we, the, the time will be gone. So you looking back like, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. We don't want to. We don't want to be in a shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just that does nobody any good. Now, now, now you opening up a door for for something else. Like people that live in that shoulda, coulda, woulda, those are the people that battle depression, right? And we mm-hmm. don't want you being depressed because I, 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 I did not protect my time. I did not protect. I wasn't intentional about how I was spending my time. I wasn't intentional about the things that I was doing. Um, and now it just is is gone and you look up and you're like, dang, I'm not as far as I think I should have been. I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? So we definitely right. you, you you have to learn how to manage your time and be intentional about the things that it is that you want. So you're saying, OK, I want to be this creative preneur. I want to I want to do these great things. So bet, be intentional about it. Let me schedule time to do this. Let me schedule time to do the business side of my creativity. Though I dread it, I don't want to do it. It's tedious. Whatever the case may be, whatever you hemming and hawing about, just schedule the time and do it. Set aside maybe an hour, right? An hour. I, I will start off an hour a week. Move up to where you can at least do an hour a day. But you got to at least start somewhere to where okay, I'm scheduling this time. I'm setting everything off. I'm gonna cut my phone off. I'm gonna minimize distractions so that I can solely focus on doing this, building this out from a business standpoint. And the same thing, I know us creators, we want to be spontaneous with us creating, but you want to schedule your creative time as well. Right. Because there are people who are creative. They work at Apple. They work at Disney. They're Mm -hmm. creative. And I say that those two companies, because they're built on the idea of being innovative companies. But guess what? They got to they have to create within the time frames that that job gives them. So it means it's totally possible. We talk about protecting your time. Some people are like, okay, I, I protect my time. Well, do you, right? So let's just say you said, I got the whole, I have the whole uh, Thanksgiving break or winter break or spring break or the summer, and I'm going to get this done. 
we're not protecting our time if we're allowing people to bombard us, call us during that time. We got the social media apps on there. And during that time, you're supposed to be coming up with another woodworking patent, patentable idea. You know, you're supposed to be in there think tanking the next makeup color that you can kind of come up with your lip gloss or whatever the creative endeavor is. You're supposed to be doing that during that time frame. Then you have to protect it with you with all you have because time is not refundable. Mm. The product you create, the service you do, but ma- but the time, yeah, you 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 can't refund that. Like it's it's just not. You can like, I got my money back, yeah, but you didn't get your time back. And the reason why your time is important as a creative entrepreneur is because, like Ron was saying, you have creative energy that you have to uh, pull out of you. So I want to actually in- even encourage you to protect your creative space, your head space, create uh, protect your emotional space. So. Again, time is all protected, but now you all depressed during the, the spring break time slot that you were supposed to be writing all the songs or creating all the new widgets or designing all the new service plans or whatever because you didn't protect your emotional space, you didn't protect your head space. And it takes some of that to really tap in like you really want to creatively. So we want to make sure 360 on the internal, you are protected from IP, from trademarks, the copyrights, the patents, the time, your creative energy, get it all there. And then we can talk about protecting yourself externally. So we're about to take a break and we're going to finish up what you just said in a minute. What's the irony? (laughs) It's because it's us in different color clothing. I mean, listen, we've been doing a lot of talking and we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to make a statement as well. Because we've seen people make statements with their athletic apparel. We've even seen people make statements as entrepreneurs. But one thing I haven't seen is somebody make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. So what we've done is we have given you an opportunity to make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So if they want to make sure that they're rocking that creative preneur gear, where can they go get that? You can go get that gear from what's the irony.com. <laughs> we had to pay the bills, but we back. We are back. We back. So, like we was just saying, we dealt with the internal right protection. Now we want to talk about the external right so you got to protect yourself from other entities outside of yourself and your company so sha i'm gonna I'm throw it to you and let you kind of start us off and talk about these externals yeah these externals okay so i'm happy because i love talking about structure and i love talking about systems and a lot of the external stuff in my opinion can be thwarted off by having proper systems and structure in place number one way to protect yourself externally, I would say is have a standard customary contract that you use for whatever service it is you provide. That that and people are like, eh, you know, no, have a have a contract, right? Have a contract. And then I would even go far beyond that. It's like, hey, okay, obviously you sell a personal product. Sometimes you don't necessarily need a contract. Maybe there's a little guarantee, a little warranty, a little 30 day, a little seven day. But when you're providing a service, there should be a contract in place. I would even go even as far as to say if you're contracting a person, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not contracting somebody like uh, maybe you're a photographer or uh, you need somebody to shoot with you and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be two of you guys there have a contract in place. So that says what their scope of work is as it relates to your project so that there's no discrepancies in in the aftermath, right? They say men lie, women lie, numbers don't. No, I say men lie, women lie. But that contract, that black and white, is what we both already agreed to. So get you a contract. Yeah. And even if it's just a, like an, a, an agreement, right? Uh, that, that's what a contract is. It's literally an agreement. So some people might not like the word contract. Okay, whatever. Then put up, get put together a formal agreement. Don't do no handshakes. Don't do no verbal. And listen, I get it. Some people may get turned off by that, but that's on them, right? It's like, that's if this is your process, that's your process. And don't alter or change your process because somebody might feel some kind of way. You may need to then alter who it is that you're marketing to and find those people who don't have a problem with 
signing said agreement or said contract because once again it lets them know what they can expect and it protects you and it protects them at the end of the day it's a mutual right. beneficial document yeah. And I like what you said about that language agreement versus contract. And sometimes it, and you think a contract, you think of some long, lengthy thing. Mm -hmm. An agreement could be like a one page or a two pager. Right. Now, of course, there are some long, lengthy agreements, but you can make it very simple. And the cool thing about having a contract or a simple agreement that you're using over and over. You can go ahead, take that contract, slide it over to your attorney, say, hey, can you review this and make sure this is straight and this is legit? And they're like, oh, yes, it's great. And once this lawyer approved, you keep using that over and over and over and you know you're doing everything legitly so going back to protecting yourself another way number two is to collect deposits or milestone payments hey say it again shy i don't think they heard you i'm just saying for the people in the back one of the best ways to protect your creative from an external point of view is to collect deposits and milestone payments. Let me let me break that down. Deposits, that just says that, hey, before we can start the work, there's a certain amount of money that I need you to put down before we even get going. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's customary to say 50% up front and then 50% once I've rendered the service, right? On the day of, I'm going to come in and I'm going to finish the painting and the, the mural that I drew on your kid's bedroom, because maybe that's your creative. Uh, I'm going to get 50% up front, and then I'm going to go ahead. And on the day of the day, that's due, not, not later on, not tomorrow, is due today, right? And get that remaining 50%. And so now you've collected your funds. I've heard so many people say, man, especially for me being on the musician side, like, man, I've been out here and I wind up doing all this show and I travel all this way and I ain't even get paid. I didn't mm. get no money and da, 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 da. And it's like, and I'm thinking, no money? You know what I mean? You didn't at least get the deposit? And right. I'm like, oh, we didn't ask for a deposit. Mm. No, listen, listen here. Do not block any time off your calendar if you ain't got a deposit. You're doing yourself a disservice if you add that to your calendar and you ain't received no deposit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what the deposit is for. The deposit is for me to go to my calendar and say, I'm I'm gonna do said event or I'm doing said project this day and whatever the case may be. Right. If they don't pay a deposit, then you don't add it because what's going to happen is and I've seen this happen before, too, where people saying, yeah, we, we want We want you to do Blase Splee. Right. They don't pay the deposit. You didn't block the time off or whatever the case may be. And now they ghost. They MIA. So now you didn't block the time. Can't nobody else book it. And they ain't paid you no money. Mm. We don't do that. No. <laughs> Yeah, we don't do that. No. All right. So one other layer that I want to add here. So I am actually part co-owner of an event space, right? I'm a co-owner of an event space. And with that event space, we collect a deposit. Going back to what Ron was just talking about. The reason why we collect a deposit, if somebody says, hey, I want to have my quinceanera at your event on said date. And we're saying in order for us to take that date off the calendar for nobody else to book, Go ahead and put a deposit down. We'll hold the date for you. That will it's a security deposit. We'll secure the date for you. That way, when somebody else comes along and says, hey, I want to go ahead and pay right now all the money up front. It's like, uh, it's OK. I don't need all the money up front because I at least already have a deposit from this person. And they ask first and they want to get it done. We do have another date available for you. Right. So that man, that's important. And this kind of sounds like a tough and it kind of sounds like a stickler, but it's really not. It's really yeah. just. I mean, it's, it's just to, it's just to secure something and it's OK. They want to secure you. And I think it adds protection for them on the on the flip side. If I'm a person who's renting out this event, event space, I feel better knowing that I put a security deposit down. I'd hate to have all my balloons in the car and all my decorations ready and all my people coming and I get here and it's gone and somebody else is, is not available. So I know well, I secured yeah. you, you know. So the, the the client that's working with you feels secure as well. So don't think about it as just protecting yourself from them externally, but it's also giving them a sense of assurance as well. Now, like Ron said earlier, when it comes to like contract agreement, maybe we have a softer term. We have milestone payments, right? So milestone payments are a little bit different than just a hard 50% deposit up front, 50% later, right? Milestone says, 
based on this project, you will pay us according to set certain milestones that happen. Remember the example that I gave with um, you are a painter and you're a muralist and you did some type of special painting in a kid's bedroom. Well, maybe this particular client didn't want you to just do one bedroom. They want you to do the living room. They want you to do uh, their office space. They want you to do so. You may have about four different rooms that you're doing. So what we can do is, hey, 25 percent is due up front. That's the first milestone. Once we've done the kids room complete, you pay that one. And then we move on to the next layer of the project. We're going to go ahead and do the bedroom. Boom, that's complete. You give us the, uh, the next 25 percent after we go ahead and do your office. Boom, we're going to collect the next 25 percent. So at this point, you've collected 75 percent of your funds. The cool thing, though, for them is you've done 75 percent of the work. So you don't wind up getting to the end of this project. You spent hours doing all of this creativity. And then you don't wind up collecting anything, right. even if they stiff you on that last 25 percent again, because you guys were going according to milestones, you at least collected the 75. And the cool thing about milestones is it just makes people feel like we're going to be checking in about the scope of work in the project. So it's like, hey, yeah, we did this. OK, we're moving on to the next phase. And it just creates a a better line of communication and it's more streamlined. So if you're against the deposit, you maybe want to implement milestone payments. Yeah. And, and I hope y'all see how the, the agreement or contract piece goes hand in hand with that deposit piece, because once again, they're paying the deposit and hopefully you have it in your agreement that it, it may be a non-refundable deposit, right? So if you, if I'm putting this on my calendar and you choose to change your mind or it's non-refundable after a certain date or a certain time or whatever the case may be. So those things go hand in hand. Just wanted to add that to it too. Yes. I love that. The non-refundable deposit, because that's another thing. I well, can, can I get the deposit back? Well, you secured the date. Now you want to I don't know, you know, no, but there there may be some scenarios where as long as let's say, for example, they've secured it six months in advance. Mm -hmm. and you can say if you change your mind within 30 days, yep. right, 30 days prior to the date. Right. So let's say six months ago, you paid the deposit three months later. You say, hey, change of events. This person is not having a quinceanera anymore or whatever. At that point, you can say, hey, can we take that date off? And you can come up with your own parameters where you say, hey, we will refund the deposit, but we don't we're not going to refund the full 50 percent. We'll give you half of it back, you know, or something like that, because in the meantime, we did hold the date for a while and we missed out on those people. So there may be some parameters that you can put there as far as what a refund is. Some people just say, no, no refunds on deposits at all, because I take the deposit. It's another thing. I take the deposit and I use it to get my supplies. Right. I use it to get my materials. I use it to buy, uh, to contract the people who I'm going to need to do this thing. Right. So it's a purpose for the deposit besides just protecting yourself. You're using the funds to get some things going. So if you try, somebody tries to come back and get a refund on a deposit, but I had already bought all the paint. I'd already bought all the Supplies already bought the outfit to present at this and so forth and so on. Then it's like now I'm losing money. So that's why there's usually no refund or a, a time frame on when you can get that refund and how much you can get back. Yeah. And and one thing, too, that that that, that what ends up happening when you put these things in place is you start to wean people out. Right. When people see you about your business. That's either going once again, it's going to attract the people that you want to work with or it's going to repel the people that you don't want to work with. Right. If you can't sign this simple agreement, it's cool. It's no hard feeling. That's I tell. Listen, I don't if people don't want to sign an agreement, I I don't take it personal. <laughs> I get it. I, I, I understand. Thank you. But, you know, I'm, I'm not changing my agreement. We won't be able to do business in this regard and keep it moving. Right. And then also, um, like you said, it's filtering out the clients. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, too, because we got to talk about screening clients as a way of protecting yourself externally. But when we talk about milestone payments, those should coincide with like maybe you present your project in phases, as I was talking about. So it's just kind of like, hey, you have a conversation with them. We've discussed it. Hey, this is what we do. This is the work. This is the outcome you're going to get. 
I like to take things in phases. The first mm-hmm. phase, we're going to go over this, right? It's maybe branding. We're going to get your photo shoot done. We're going to get the second phase. We're going to work on your logo and da, da, da. the third phase. We're going to do that. So you've let them know you've set a precedence on a, a, um, a process that you're going to take them through. It should be no wonder when you say that we, what we do is at each phase, there's a milestone payment. So it won't be something hard to talk about. Right. It's just a part of the process. So we can move on. We we talk contract and payment for a little bit. Let's let's move on to something else that they could do to protect themselves externally. Well, no. Um, so we talk about like um, online present management. Right. So you want to be able to. So once again, we have websites. If you're on social media and things like that. We want to make sure that the reviews and the comments and things like that. I mean, now nah, I'm not saying to hide unflattering reviews and things like that. But if they're in your social media and we know how ugly social media can get, you may want to, you know, filter through some of those comments. You may want to restrict comments and things like that because once again, that's about it's about protecting your brand, protecting your image, and things like that. Now, if you're getting some bad reviews because you're doing bad business then hopefully you're 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 taking that information right and you're doing something about it so i don't know if, if y'all been paying attention to the to you know keith lee was in anybody know who keith lee is he's he's this online TikTok uh presence and he went to atlanta um and he was been visiting you know different restaurants in atlanta now we now we talking about policies and things like that and he's saying some of these restaurants have some interesting policies and it's been difficult for him and his family to eat at several of the restaurants because of said policies. So long story short, they've been getting some bad reviews as a result of that. Now, it will behoove those businesses to take that information and adjust and tweak based on the reviews, but you got some people that necessarily do, that necessarily don't. So I'm not saying to try to shield yourself from these bad reviews. We want those reviews, but if it's something that's that's negative or something that, you know, once again, that's hindering you from doing what you want to do. You want to protect yourself and go in and make the proper adjustments. Right. More so if you're uh, people are making comments and that the comments are not applicable. They're not true. This is just a disgruntled person because this person has their own issues for whatever reason. You had a hundred clients all year and only one person wanted to get online and give you such negative comments. Then we understand that this is not how I do business. This is this person's take. And what a lot of people will do is I'm gonna just delete the comment. Well, those people who are that upset, they're gonna go find another area to leave a review on you. So you may have to get to the point where you actually have enough integrity and maturity to actually address the negative feedback so that you can protect your brand. I'll give you a perfect example. If you have been shopping for a house or specifically maybe even shopping for an apartment, you go on the apartment and you look at the reviews. If there's a lot of negative reviews, a few good reviews, a lot of negative reviews, you're going to actually look and be like, hmm, this is... I don't know about this. Right. But then if you see on the review that the management company or the manager or somebody from the says, hey, sorry to hear about that. Let Give us a call so we can discuss it. Or they can say, hey, we tried several times to address this with you. Unfortunately, it's a disagreement on this. According to the contract, we couldn't do that. And mm-hmm. we're just sorry that it, it couldn't work out for you. So now the this company seems transparent. So I'm like, OK, this person was disgruntled. They tried. Or this person was disgruntled. They didn't know. So they said, call us so that we can rectify things that let us know that they do good business. And that's all we're saying for you. We're not trying to say shield yourself from negative comments. We're saying receive the negativity as an opportunity to improve your business. But on the flip side, right, don't just ignore everything. Address these things because it protects your brand because statistics show. Somebody say statistics. Statistics. (laughs) I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. Statistics show that 97% of people read reviews on local businesses. Mm. Not 97% of people. Re- There's a, a few, only 3% of the population is not reading reviews out here. If you're going to a new restaurant, you're like, I ain't never been here before. Let me let me see what they're saying mm-hmm. on Yelp, right? That has become the norm at this point. 
Yeah. 97% of people read reviews and you don't want them going there reading something about you. And it's it's this person is shaping the perception and the reputation of your brand single handedly. And they don't even work for your company because they got something negative to say. No, you ain't about to get away with that. Right. Because. Listen, I got another statistic. Somebody say statistics. Statistics. <laughs> statistics show that 78% of people trust online reviews as much as they trust their friends and family. Like mm. they take the reviews word for it as if they mama called them and said, girl, you should go eat over there. Girl, you better not use that uh, fashion designer, right? Right. That's how important reviews are. So review management is what we want to just put out there for you to protect yourself with. And if you don't have time, maybe you hire somebody, put somebody on your team and it's their desire to actually reach out to talk to the, because it's really not review management. It's customer, it's customer experience. It's customer service. Service those people to the best of your ability. And if you can't explain on that review, reply why. And people will be like, okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. No, that's 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 it. You the customer service, customer experience. You always want to improve the customer experience because at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, so I know we're creative and we're creative entrepreneurs, right? So we're we're creating. So we think it's about us, right, to a degree, but no, it's about the people that's partaking in our product or service or whatever it is that we're doing. Like we want to make sure. And once again, I'm not saying you know bend over backwards and all those things but once again like like Sha was saying we want to make sure that we address it if it's something that if they've if they've had an issue with something that we've done or something that we've put out we want to be able to address it and that shows that transparency so then that communicates to other people oh they're willing to you know see to it that my needs were met or that i was serviced properly and things like that and that goes a long way like you said protecting your brand at the end of the day you're building a brand. You have a brand and you want your brand. When people think about your brand, you want them to think of it in a high way. Right. We don't want them to think lowly of what it is that we're doing. Right. Because now, like I said, back to the Keith Lee thing is some people that now as a result of that, they've 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 done some damage to the brand because they did not handle it properly and things like that. So nah, I'm, 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 I love that shot. Yeah. And um, before we get out of here, I want to give you one more bonus. I need a button I can push that is just like, maybe not that. <laughs> okay, maybe not that. I need a bonus. I need a button that says bonus, right? Okay. <laughs> but I want to say bonus. I just pushed a random button. That's that's how serious this production is right now. Mine and my creative business podcast. Before we get out of here one more bonus that you can apply to protect your creative externally and that is familiarizing yourself and implementing protecting not just your brand from a negative perspective but maybe you're sharing your ideas mm -hmm. with people in a positive perspective maybe a manager maybe a publicist maybe somebody that's going to come along and kind of represent what you got what you have going on and you have to tell them the meat and potatoes of the business in order for them to understand to de determine if they want to work with you what you can put in place is an NDA a non-disclosure agreement go figure out what that is if you do not already know I'm telling you it will change the game it says pretty simply that Ryan you want to tell me what a non NDA is real quick like listen they're not able to you sharing some, some top secret information with them and they're not able to tell nobody else. They're not able to share with nobody else. They're not able to go and implement it without you. You know what I'm saying? It's like if, if, if once again, it goes back and it's protecting your IP, your intellectual property. So, yes, get you some NDAs in place and start passing them things out like Skittles, having people sign them, especially if you were, if you uh, loquacious and like to talk, <laughs> you need some NDAs. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So listen, that was just an extra bonus. I hope that this entire episode was something that you found useful. I know that over the years, these are things that I have had to learn or am still learning or taking time to implement. So it's not something that like, hey, Ron and I are saying we got it all figured it out. We, we, we're not saying that. What we're saying is, hey, y'all, while we are here being creative, 
in our entrepreneurship, let's make sure we're acting like true entrepreneurs and protecting ourselves internally and externally, protecting our time, protecting our creativity, protecting our intellectual property, protecting our assets, taking the time to protect our business from ourselves, ourselves from our business. All of those types of things are important. Make sure that you're taking time to have a contract in place, especially if you do business regularly and you provide service regularly. Get a deposit, right? If you don't want to do a deposit, have a phase or a framework to how you do things and tell people that along the way, there are milestones, right? And then, man, we mentioned it, but uh, we mentioned it, we didn't talk in deep in depth about it, but screening clients, right? So this is my process. This is my system. This is the structure that I do. And if somebody don't fit within that, that is a good way to protect yourself from a bad experience because they, they can't even get with you from the jump, right? So let alone whatever service or a product or ideal or project you were going to do. So all of these things are great ways to protect yourself. And last but not least, your uh, your reputation online, online management, not just being on social media, making sure your colors look right, but making sure you, you you're actually having a good reputation, not because people are saying positive things about you, but you're providing great service. All of these are valuable ways to protect yourself. Yes, yes. So listen, on that note, make sure that you are like sharing, leave some comments, let us know your thoughts, leave reviews, because we need these things, right? If you have not already, we need you to join the Creatives Corner community, right? We have a Facebook community where there's other creatives just like you, just uh, once again, just to help stay encouraged on this journey, because it is a journey and it gets tired, right? So please join a community. We also have a newsletter. If you go to the mmcbpodcast.com, you can be uh, a part of the Creatives Corner newsletter and join the Facebook community. So do that ASAP. Don't wait because we dropping jewels and gems inside the community and with the newsletter. So on that end, Shy is going to take us home with our closeout and yeah we want to make sure that we end every uh, podcast all of our time together by making sure we recite this mantra i want you to repeat after me come on repeat after me all it takes all it takes is intention intention laser focus laser focus to mind my creative business. To mind my creative business. My name is Shy Speaks. I enjoyed your time. Peace. And I am Ron Ironic Lee. Until next time.